Welcome to Season 2, Episode 68 of the Banded About podcast series. Joining me in the engine room this week is the son of the most popular guest that I've interviewed so far this season. He was also listed as one of last week's guests, top three local drummers. But before I introduce today's guest, it's time for the fabulous Banded About theme song which was written and recorded by Catherine Lambert and Michael Mitzi Bryant. And I welcome Michael Marino. Welcome, Michael, and thank you for making time to chat with me today. Thank you for having me on. My pleasure. Okay, Michael, let's start from the beginning. You were born in South Australia. Yeah. What area did you grow up in? Been living in the Paynham area, so around Nord. Now, we know that your dad is a drummer. Does anybody else in the family play an instrument? I haven't continued, but my brother's doubled in a bit of drums, doubled in a bit of trumpet. He's had trumpet lessons at the school. Uh, and my sister was pretty full on with the piano for a little bit when she was younger. So a little bit, but not really continuing anymore. Okay. So what led to or who influenced you to start playing drums? Definitely my father, but definitely didn't uh, force it on me. Just grown up with music and drums and he would play music while I was sleeping, you know, Beatles, The Police, jazz albums, uh, while I'm going to sleep. You know, every time we talk about it, uh, he says to me, I never forced you to play. He just gave me the stick, showed me the drum kit. And from when I was born, I was just fell in love with it, playing on everything, playing on Lego. Every time I would eat a tub of ice cream, I would grab the um, cover of the ice cream lid and stick it on a stand and use it as a symbol. Would put on uh, videos and I'd watch the videos and say, Dad, you know, put on that one, put on that one. Can't remember a lot, but when I was young, definitely just fell in love with it without even knowing what's going on. Yeah, I remember your dad mentioning that you were drawn to the drums from a very early age. So how old were you when you received your first set of drums? To be honest, I can't put an exact age on it. Being very lucky and having a dad who plays drums, loves music, he has plenty of drums as well. So, yeah, basically started on pots and pans and then maybe two or three. I I can't put an exact time, but I had basically a little mini kit. Uh, But before then, obviously, the pots and the pans and... Whenever I could hit, you know, with chopsticks. Even when I was little, you know, one, not even, not even one, two. He would put me on his kit, and I would just—he's got plenty of videos of me just playing around. Even on the adult-sized kit, can't even touch the pedals. But then eventually, he, you know, got me a smaller one, and I could start jamming along to him in the room while he's practicing or he's working out something. Yeah, great. So where did you go to school? I went to Ross Trevor College ever since I was four or five only been at the one school right the way through 
to uh, year 12. And did you study music then? Yes, definitely. I had a music scholarship there. So I was very fortunate at one of dad's gigs. He was playing with his uh, mate, Gregory Osman, who he went to uni with. And he was doing a, the Glenelg Jazz Festival, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, or the East End Jazz Festival. can't remember which one. He was playing with uh, Mr. Osman, my teacher at the school. Mm-hmm. Uh, not at the time, but he was a friend of dad's because I did the course together, the uh, jazz course. Yeah. He was impressed and said to Mario, you know, my dad, you know, bring him, see what he was looking through a couple of schools. And I do remember a little bit, you know, went to Marrickville, had a look at Ross Trevor, but I'm not sure why I love Ross Trevor so much. Yeah, that was the school I fell in love with. Saw the kit there, had a bash, and that was it. That's all I needed to know. Okay. So he was your main teacher then, apart from your dad? He was one of the teachers there. Of course, uh, the head of music, Mr. Waterman, is there. So he helped me a lot. So he, he was definitely one of my teachers. I mean, he was mainly doing the um, jazz bands. And then uh, Mr. Waterman, the head of music, would take the senior bands and the, the bigger bands that I would eventually go on to be in with uh, Generations and Jazz and stuff like that. It was a core group of teachers there, uh, yeah, in the music department. Excellent. Did you go from high school straight to uni? Yes, I did. Straight out of school, audition. Mr. Osman, Gregory Osman, actually played for my audition to get into the course. So he was helping me out. Uh, so that was really nice to have a teacher, you know, that's helped me all the way through my schooling since I was five in reception, you know, five, four years old, right up all the way to senior school. And then having him play and uh, help me out for my audition was really, really special. Excellent. And have you had work outside of school, apart from teaching, drumming yourself? When I first got out of school, my mum was starting to work for this company called AVM, which is a company that does hospitality. They run the entertainment centre. They run the Cooper Stadium. So basically any events, corporate events or festivals or uh, concerts, I should say. I was behind the bar at soccer games or uh, behind the bar in basketball games in the entertainment centre. And the cool thing was concerts. Unfortunately, I couldn't go in, but it was the closest thing I could get. I was helping behind the bar. I remember doing one where Michael Bublé was playing recently. Good first job to get myself in there for a bit of life experience and stuff because before then I was just doing school and focusing on music and stuff like that. Yeah. So what was the first band that you joined? So the first band I joined, if I can try to remember, was a couple of school uh, friends that were a couple years older than me. I met them through playing in uh, the rock band at the school. Mm-hmm. Can't remember how old I was, maybe 13, 14, maybe even younger. The band was called The Tour Guides. They were trying to do basically all um, original rocky sort of stuff, rocky blues stuff. Uh, joined that and it was a bit of fun. And uh, my mate Jordan Zoya, his uncle, something had a place where we could go and practice. So we always go there and have a hit and have a jam and so that was sort of the first sort of band I joined and I think was one of the first real gigs I did where I wasn't playing or hopping up on one of dad's gigs and getting 20 bucks like playing at the semaphore workers uh with Travis and all those blues guys so yeah that was really the first sort of gig I sort of did me and my friend my my friends who graduated from school and I think it was the first gig was at Prospect Town Hall I think Mm -hmm. one of the first so, yeah, that was quite exciting. Excellent. So what was your first major gig? My first major gig? Well, I wouldn't say it's a gig as, as such that I paid to do it, but from a very young age, doing Generations and stuff like that, uh, I remember winning one of the uh, awards at Generations. Future finalist. I remember doing that when I was very, very young and 
had to play on the uh, concert there where everyone was, everyone from all the schools were watching and stuff. So I remember I had to play in one of them, Catholic Schools Music Festival. I remember when I was very young, the first couple of times would have been quite nerve wracking. Getting to play in the festival theatre was quite cool at a very young age. It was very professional and had all the lights and the stage and everything. The first couple of times where it was a pretty big crowd and I was pretty nervous. Okay. Do you have a memorable gig story that you'd like to share? Yeah, there's so many, so I always forget. I get a lot of stuff that I've done. Normally, Dad always has to remind me. <laughs> but uh, I think it was the Dirty Roots Band when they did that uh, blues festival at the Gov, and I think maybe was it called the Big Fat Dirty Roots Band because I had a really, really big band, Mick Garcia and my dad on drums as well. I don't know if you remember that gig. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I remember getting up for one of the last two songs or I did a drum off with... With Mick, uh, Mick, I can't remember. But yeah, that was really something special. Yeah, getting up to play a couple songs in a solo. I remember everyone went crazy when I finished playing and everyone came up and said, well, how amazing, you know, uh, after it. So that was pretty special. Winning the Ultimate Drummers Weekend in Melbourne was special as well. Getting to go over to Melbourne a couple of times, see all these famous drummers. Because uh, we always used to have the three sets of drummers come every time to Adelaide, but in Melbourne, I didn't realise in Melbourne they had a, that was like the big festival in Melbourne. So that was pretty amazing to get to go there. And I had more than just the three main drummers. I had a whole weekend, I had drums everywhere, cymbals everywhere, can play anything you want. I was in, I loved it. <laughs> I was playing, playing everything, you know, on, hogging drums while people want to play and I'm still there and dad's recording. And that was really fun, good times. Dad recently showed me this photo of when I was two years old. I was in the paper. Do you recognize who this kid is? And I was like, is that me? And he's like, yeah. Apparently when I was two years old, he was playing with Don Burroughs at the Glenelg Jazz Festival. Mm. And I do remember I was tapping on a table with chopsticks, classic course I'm always tapping so I was just tapping along while they were playing and you know mum was mum was there and apparently he he stopped midway while playing or when the song was finished and said wow you know look at this kid uh, and everyone was applauding and ended up a photo in the paper coming out that was pretty cool well I can think of something memorable oh yes I forgot about that one too <laughs> I'm so terrible with remembering things. I think I know the one you're going to say. You can talk about it. I can't believe I forgot this one, to be honest. Playing at Ruby Kings was pretty special. Yeah, that's probably top. So top I forgot about it, but anyway. <laughs> yes. So no. the backstory here is we all were in Memphis for the International Blues competition that they have over there, which is held on Beale Street, and Michael got to jam at BB Kings. Yeah, with some of the uh, youth and blues players that were in the uh, youth event, credible musicians all over the world. That was very, very special, getting to play in BB King's room. Absolutely. Uh, How could you forget to share that one? <laughs> under pressure, I forget things. Pressure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no worries. Is there a band that you wish you could play with? Recently I've been uh, really getting back into the police. I would love to play with them. That would be sick. I really think their music's one of a kind. Like it's so like got reggae in it. It's like a mix of all different styles and it just you can tell straight away when it's the police. Some of the drumming is really not that easy. Hands all over the place. Crazy. It's great music. Mm. Yeah. Not a band, but I mean playing with John Mayer would be amazing. Take uh, Steve Jordan's uh, role. That would be cool. How do you prepare yourself before a show? Not the greatest at 
preparing for things. I don't really have a set warm-up or a set routine or don't really have a really, really strict or set, you know, warm-up or, okay, 30 minutes before, got to do this, got to do that. But it depends on the show. Um, sometimes it's not a, you know, show where you got that time and there's like people where you go backstage and they're like, all right, 10 minutes to go on. So sometimes it's just like a, a pub gig or something where you set up and you just play, you know, that's yeah. just what it is. And other shows, practice a little bit on the on the pad and warm my hands up and stuff. Sometimes I don't even think that I'm doing a warm-up. I just do it. I just, you know, fiddle around. Or, But sometimes when I'm waiting to go on, mainly just, you know, calming down. And as soon as you start to panic while you're trying to play, it doesn't work. Have a chat with people. Get your mind off. Don't worry so much. I'm not one really to have a, have a big warm-up. Okay. If you could only offer one tip to a brand new drummer, what would it be? I really think, uh, yeah, like listening is really important. Just patience, I think, is a really big one because everyone just wants to try to play. And I mean, that's with everyone, same with me. I just, why isn't this working? I want to do it straight away, you know? Mm. I especially see that with students with technique. To be able to play faster or do certain things on on anything, really, on even in sport, even in music, technique's a really, really big one and a really hard one to get right, and it takes persistence and keep training your brain to be able to get that technique that's required to play fast, hit harder. So, yeah, like that... That's a really big one. So just patient, listening to people above you and your teacher. Keep persisting and uh, one day you'll get there. Great. Now, Michael, COVID continues to have a huge impact on the music industry globally. How has the pandemic impacted you? Definitely I've lost some gigs as everyone has. Mm -hmm. So I haven't really been doing that much of that stuff. It has opened up other doors uh, and other opportunities as well, which is good. Right. So there's a positive that's come from all of this that wouldn't have occurred otherwise for you? Yeah. Well, I was lucky enough to uh, start getting some teaching jobs. So I started to do my own private students. Back when, you know, you couldn't do any gigs and stuff, the only thing really was still going was teaching because you can't get rid of, you know, education and school. So I was lucky enough to get a job teaching at a manual primary school. Mm-hmm. So that came really right at the perfect time. I was really uh, fortunate and lucky to be given an opportunity to work at that school. Uh, I was also lucky enough to get a job at Billy Hyde's Music that just opened up uh, recently. Mm -hmm. Great experience being able to meet everyone there before it all started and help set up the shop to what it is today. That was really cool as well. So a couple of things that have come out of it as well, yeah. Not all bad. Well, that's good. Okay, here's the hard one. Who are your top three local drummers? Oh, there's so many good ones. I know. With uh, COVID and stuff, all the good players have come back, which has been awesome to see, like everyone that's been overseas and doing another job, all come back into town. I would have to say uh, Angus Mason is probably up there since I'm studying uh, at the jazz course. So mm-hmm. watching him, any of any of the jazz guys are amazing. They can play other styles as well, but mainly I've been watching him play jazz. Uh, Josh Baldwin, very, very talented on drums and also doing art as well. So you can play drums, but also doing other things is just amazing. It's pretty yeah. crazy. Always look up to Alexandra Flood with, of course, his musicality and his drumming and all that stuff is really amazing. But just how he goes about everything in the industry and uh, how he's how he's made a living uh, and, you know, going for it himself and making himself an artist and all that stuff. Part of the good thing about COVID, if you go back to the other question, was that Mark Ferguson, the head of music, actually during COVID, since it was all online, was he had interviews with a lot of amazing people that have come out of the course. Mm -hmm. So 
Alexander Flood did one of those and it was just really insightful to hear, you know, how, how he went about getting to where he is today and being places and talking to people and making it happen for himself. I can't not say my father either. So it has to be my father as well, Mario Marino. I'll get in trouble if I don't say that one. No. Nah, <laughs> nah, but de- no, nah, definitely dad. The way he can just worry about the groove and make it feel so good, working towards that and how he can just sit in the pocket and just play the groove and make it feel perfect for everyone around him is it's really something special and, yeah, owe everything to my dad for where I am today. So definitely my father as well. Excellent. Michael, I want you to choose the three most important to you from the following five. We have groove, creativity, chops, technique, and time. Out of those five, which three are most important to you? This is a hard one. Technique. Mm-hmm. Because without technique, it's very hard to play what you're thinking in your brain. So if your hands can't play what you're thinking in your brain, then it's it's really hard. So technique's definitely an important one. Uh, groove and time, of course, they sort of come hand in hand, sort of good groove and time sort of go together because you can have good time. But if you don't have, you know, the groove, it's all about making it feel good. So I think those two come in the same category. I love chops, but you got to pick when to use them and uh, <laughs> that's not always going to get you the gig. Definitely love the chops as well. Okay. And with chops comes creativity as well, well with everything on drums as well. You know, you've got to be creative, of course. So yeah. I basically gave you all five. You did. You cheated. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have all of them. They're good. Okay. Michael, if you could invite any musicians to play a concert with you anywhere in the world, you're on the kit, who would you call? Where would it be held? And what genre would the band be performing? Oh, wow. <laughs> it would have to be, yeah, it would have to be John Mayer uh, and Pino Palladino. Like I said before, taking Steve's job on kit, playing the style of music uh, that John plays. It's really in between as well. I tried to look it up before because I wasn't quite sure. It's like sort of pop rock. That sort of genre of music, I love it. Yeah, I've seen him. And I think one of your questions will be, what do you regret? And it'll definitely be not going to see him in Melbourne. I haven't got to see him yet. I actually got to meet him after the concert. The first time he came here. Yeah, there you go. I think Dad said that he uh, came here and that's when him and Mum went. I was too young. I don't even think I was born, maybe. Yeah, you would have been born. Probably, Uh, maybe, yeah. But you would have been very, very young. Mm. That was at the entertainment centre, wasn't it? It was, and yeah. then they had sort of an after-party at Fowler's. There you go. And I went to that. Yeah. How was he? He was very was nice. Dad? I got to meet him and he kissed me on my cheek. There you go. <laughs> and said, thank you for coming. No, he was really nice. His whole band was awesome. there. And, like, they were really good fun. We were playing eight ball and just hanging out. And, yeah, it was good. Good night. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been a long time COVID, since anything yeah. like that's happened. But, yeah, it was just yeah. one of those moments. There you go. Amazing. Is there something that you've really tried to play that you couldn't get right or you weren't satisfied with the way that you played it? Yes, definitely. It's always good to listen back to what you're playing. I don't think I do it enough. It can be a number of things. I feel like it's my playing or sometimes it's like maybe the sound on the night or you can't really hear yourself or it's just what you prefer. Definitely, yeah, there's been plenty of times where I just feel like I'm not in the music or not comfortable or not playing my best. Different when you're playing versus when you listen. Sometimes I'm like, oh, that was, you know, that was pretty bad, pretty terrible, not not my best playing. But you go back and listen to it and it sounds 
not as bad as you think. So definitely, yeah, there's always been times I don't feel like I've played my best. Do you get bored with your own playing? Yeah, sometimes. It's a tricky one as well. Just sometimes you just lean back on uh, some of the same licks that you've had in your toolbox. <laughs> sometimes I just play a lot of the same things and I don't know, that's maybe just the night or how I'm feeling or what my attitude is or I don't know what's going on in the world or in my life. But sometimes I listen to a lot of different music or something else that I haven't really listened to or different genre and it integrates into your playing without you really thinking about it. Definitely there has been times where I'm like, oh, play the same thing again, you know, play the same feel just after playing it. Yeah. Okay. So how many bands or projects are you currently involved with on a regular basis? At the moment, I'm in about three or four. But obviously, once the, um, you know, outbreaks happen, I haven't really been doing anything since that's happened. But before then, recently, I've done a couple of cool gigs. So I've been playing with Ella and Sienna Music, Ella and Sienna. And they are two uh, awesome country pop artists, are really, really talented. Got into that through my mate Sebastian Brook, who's a bass player, who actually goes out with Ella. They're like really good at what they do and they make uh, all original music and do some covers as well. So uh, I think, yeah, we've got a couple of gigs coming up, one in Adelaide, and actually they plan to go to Melbourne for some festival. They do a lot of uh, country music festivals and, um, yeah, they've won a couple of awards and gone and played and busked in some places. So that's been really exciting to do, something different, mm-hmm. something that I haven't really done before. So I like to try to do other styles and get myself out of my comfort zone and um, stuff like that. So that's been really, really cool. And hopefully the Melbourne the Melbourne gig does go ahead, which will be really exciting. I've been lucky enough to be playing a bit of, I'm also into Latino style music. And I'm really enjoying that. I think I mentioned before, but I was in a Latino band when I was 15, 16, and that really introduced me into that style. And I really fell in love with that style of music and the culture and all the dancing that goes with the music and everything. So being in the Latin band at uni, uh, we got an amazing trumpet player from Cuba called Lazaro Numa, and he comes in with Mark Ferguson and, and been playing with him and luck- lucky to do some gigs with him with the uni. And I actually was fortunate enough to be able to play with Mark Ferguson, our head of music at the jazz course, and Lazaro, who's the trumpet lecturer at the uni. And I got to play with them for the Blue Planet Festival that the Adelaide Symphony Orchestra was hosting a couple of months ago. We got to play on one of the nights just before the show started and they were playing to uh, David Attenborough. The orchestra was actually playing it. They had David Attenborough on the screen there. I was very lucky to be able to play that style of music and play with two lecturers from my uni. That was really, really amazing for me and I loved doing it. And then I had to run to my 21st. Also got into playing in indie band, Dive by Youth. Guy from my school, I used to play in a rock bands with him. So his name's Vinnie Barbara and he titles himself Dive by Youth. It's been really cool to be in because um, I've never really got into that indie style and never been in that sort of scene and gone and checked out the band. We played at a uni bar, Jive, Line Arts as well, which has been cool because I never really gone and seen what the line out is about until I got into that scene. Got to play before the Montreals, who are a great Australian band as well. Just some of the stuff that I've been doing recently. Excellent. Where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? Hopefully uh, living a happy life, playing music, still playing uh, gigs and having a good time and hopefully seeing the rest of the world while doing the job that I love. That would be the dream. Great. What do you hope to have achieved before you do lay down the sticks for the last time? giving myself the best opportunity to prosper in our music, having no regrets, you know, uh, knowing that I've given my all 
to music, doing a thing that I love, doing so, helping other people, love what they want to achieve and love the drums as well. What I've been able to learn and uh, take in, I've also maybe been able to help a lot of other people with the same goal. Wonderful. Before we end our chat today, I'm going to ask Michael 20 quick random questions or as many as we can get through in the space of two minutes to close the interview. Are you ready, Michael? Ready as I can be. Okay. Your time starts now. What was the hardest song you learnt to play? Um, pass. <laughs> what colour is Elmo? Red. What was the first album that you purchased? Um, pass. How many soccer positions are there? Eleven. Name your favourite Chinese restaurant. Uh, Ding Hao. Name a band that you wished you'd seen perform live. The Police. The most sticks that you've dropped during a gig? Probably about two. Name your favourite Latino artist. Lazaro Numa. What was the first concert that you went to? Big concert, I think, was Kiss. What is your least favourite song to play? Pass. Xbox or PlayStation? PlayStation. Your favourite venue to play in? Um, the Gov. Vinyl or CDs? Uh, vinyl. Name a genre that you don't like. Death metal. Name one thing that you cannot live without. Family. What was the last concert that you went to? Supernova with John McDermott on drums. What is your biggest fear? Um, not being happy and successful. Your favourite book? Pass. Your favourite drummer? Um, Dave Weckl. Your favourite food to eat? Pizza. Okay, we'll go back to number one. What was the hardest song you learnt to play? Um, oh, I'm not sure. Okay, time's <laughs> up. Can't think. We actually got through all the questions, but you'd passed a couple, so I was trying to go back to them. Well done, Michael. Thank you once again, Michael, for joining me for the Banded About podcast today. You've been great to chat to, and I hope that everyone who listens finds this as enjoyable as I did. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. My pleasure. All information and links relating to today's interview can be found in the show notes. And if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please share the link with your friends. Until next week. It's goodbye from me, Di, banded about, proudly supporting live music. Bye. See ya.